We've been the nation's, the, or Keller Williams, the number one luxury agent in the world for the last six years. Well, that's great, but I don't feel like it's really that good. So what did I do? I hired the, the world's top luxury guy, Ryan Serhant, to coach me on how to be better. Wow. I want to go to the next level. I'm not happy or content being average. Average or, or even good. The enemy of great is good. I don't want to be good. I want to be the best. And I challenge myself to get to that level and encourage you to do the same. What's going on guys? Jared here. Thank you so much for tuning in to our first edition of the ThinkPod Live featuring the industry icon himself, Mr. Bob Lacido. If you don't know who Bob is, make sure you Google him, but he is known for having one of the largest expansion teams in all of the industry and you are not going to want to miss what he told our community. Originally, he promised us 30 minutes, but because of how engaged the audience was at our Quantum Leap event, he wind up staying a little bit longer than that. In the beginning of the episode, there is a little bit of audio issues, but make sure you stay to the end of the video because the knowledge that he shared with our audience really transformed the room. Again, guys, you are not gonna wanna miss this. Thank you so much for tuning in and let me know what you think of the episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the ThinkPod Live, where thoughts have no limits. My name is Jared Dykus. Today I have with us for the very first edition of the ThinkPod Live, a very special guest, an industry icon, none other than Bob Lacido. Let's give it up to Bob real quick. Awesome. Bob, thank you so much for joining us here. It means a lot to our community, and I appreciate you giving us your time. My pleasure. Thanks, Jared. And congratulations to you all on being here in this class. Proves a lot that you want to grow and be better and, uh, and, t and tackle new issues and be better tomorrow. I think it's great. I love people that want to learn, and this means a lot. Awesome. Well, let's get right into it. Um, Bob, honestly, I couldn't sleep last night. I have this rumor that I just couldn't get out of my head. All right, is it true that even to this day, you'll, you'll be door-to-door -door knocking or going on listing appointments? Or is that just a rumor? Uh, no, it's true. Um, I believe in walking the talk in myself, and I believe Jeff Glover, one of the few people in the country that still are in production. Jeff is awesome. He, he's got his uh, training pro program, but he still is in production. So what I do is I like to lead by example, and um, I still like sales. I like prospecting. I like listing houses. So I'll go after targeted expireds or FISBOs and um, with a value proposition that I think will win them over. And it's a way to pick up a lot of business. By the way, you're gonna get a lot of expireds coming up here shortly. Market's changing, which is good. Embrace the change. Can I get the seat to go a little yeah. higher? I think I might be like... A little higher or lower? There we go, we're good, that's fine. We're good. I Just think I need to go a little lower. I was looking up at you. <laughs> I'm not that tall. Um, so Bob, you've obviously have an awesome career inside of real estate. When was the first time that you were introduced to the idea of expansion, would you say? Um, by the way, uh, I, didn't, I wasn't one of you all till 2008, 2009. I never thought I was gonna be a resale agent. Uh, I had uh, the second largest new home sales company in the country. We had about 300 employees. We were selling new homes in 16 states and the market crashed. Everybody have their license then and was in the business? Well, my congratulations to you and uh, my deepest respect. You, uh, you survived. That was the worst crash I've experienced 
six years of this business. I started when I was 18, I'll be 64 at the end of this month. Um, so I started over because uh, a lot of my clients went out of business. I was representing about 85 builders throughout the country and uh, my clients went out of business. So we started over with the Bob Lucido team with five of us. What was it uh, Long and Foster for 30 days? That's, I won't go into that story, but um, they're a good company. I just was there for 30 days. It's, it's, a, it's actually interesting. Um, Wes Foster suggested that I, um, that I, he didn't think me and another member of the Long and Foster team might not get along because we're two top producers, maybe two of the top in the country. Wow. So he says, I'll pay you to leave. Wow. <laughs> now, the heart, you know, starting a company and then new cards and everything, that's, that's just a pain in the rear end. So um, I left. About a year later, and I think I still have the recording, he says, left a message, Bob, it's Wes Foster. Um, if I'd have known you would be this good, I'd have made you a better deal. <laughs> uh, if you're tired of Keller, give me a call. Wow. <laughs> I never called him back. So we went to Remax, fine company. All these are great companies. They're, they really have done a nice job in the, in the industry by, uh, by their own standards. So we were there, and um, why didn't any of you try to recruit me when I was at Remax? You'd have made a lot of money. Um, I... Uh, left Remax and stumbled onto KW. This company always haunted me because I used to make it a requirement of my team to read the Keller Williams book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent. If you haven't read it, you should read it several times. Um, so it's kind of weird. It's kind of like owning a Tesla dealership and saying you gotta, you gotta drive home in a Lexus. Well, I made everybody on my Remax team read the Gary Keller book. So then I Charlotte Savoy, I talked to her, I said, why don't you join the Bob Lucido team? She, she said, no, I think you should join the Charlotte Savoy team at Keller Williams. So she's my sponsor. I met with her and um, met with some other great people of Keller Williams and uh, came over in 2014. Wow. 2014 was, uh, and it's been a great ride. We really, really enjoyed it. We were growing nicely, making mistakes. And by the way, uh, I've made more mistakes than all of you combined in this room. So keep learning, keep failing. When I got into expansion, um, I didn't understand what it was. I didn't think, I didn't think that this really was going to work. But once I embraced it, we got into it. And we were in 27 cities in six months. Well, that sounds great. This is in what year, Bob? 2015, 2016. Wow. But we, um, growth, top line growth really doesn't mean much. It's your bottom line and how is your business structured. Well, we were growing, but we had some really nice people. We had the wrong partners. So number one, find the, the right people you surround yourself with will determine your success. That's huge. So we realized that we were putting a lot of money into all these team members, all these leaders, and realizing they weren't as committed as us. They don't have the production. We were losing money. So we cut back to 10 locations and said, we're going to do this right. We keep learning. And finally, I feel like we got everything together. We finally feel like we're... We're operating on all cylinders. So we were at 10 locations. Now we're in 49 cities and in two in Toronto and in Canada. And I feel like we're really learning, really doing well, um, but learning from a lot of past mistakes. Speaking to those past mistakes, I've heard at Family Reunion multiple people describe growing an expansion team as basically understanding how to fly an airplane <laughs> while you're in midair. 
Yeah. What are some of the messy mistakes that really happened in the beginning before you're at, you know, where you're at today? It's a good analogy. By the way, a lot of times when I talk, I'll encourage you just to take notes and uh, point number one, point, you know, a lot, I want you to walk away with bullet points that will make an impact for you. Uh, one of the messy points is one, be careful who you're in partners with. Great people, but they were the wrong people. So we made a lot of mistakes. Who you surround yourself with in business and life makes a huge difference. I just was talking this morning to Dan Grieve in Orlando, Florida. I've heard of Dan. Awesome guy. Incredible story. And he wants to come up and he's going to spend some time with me. And I said, I'm going to come down and spend some time with you. And you just learn from people like that. And his production might be a lot less than mine, but I'm learning from him. He shared with me some things this morning. I'm like, wow. So surround yourself with key people. Um, and keep learning. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop learning. So the, one of the key key mistake, key lessons would be surround yourself with the right people. Make your everybody wants to talk about expansion. Be careful what you wish for. Mm. Wow. It might be better for you being an individual agent. Might be better being just a small team. Might be better that you be uh, that you merge with somebody else. That you be you know you, it's not like you work for anybody else. So none of my partners like we just signed uh, with a forty-five million dollar team down in Miami yesterday. We've been working on it for a year. Enrique and his team they're awesome. Ten, brought over ten agents. He doesn't work for me. I work for him. Mm -hmm. We're actually partners. We're going to make each other better. So Enrique and that team were awesome to have him there, and he sees it as an opportunity to grow his business even more. So if you want to be an expansion merger, make sure you have an incredible value proposition that people want to be with you with. So Gary said, make your hub, your main business, incredible, which we've always felt we've had the best hub in the country. We've got a great team, great program, and then expand it elsewhere. We did expand it, but we did it with the wrong people. It's great to hear the, the full circle inside yeah. of that story. Mm -hmm. um, Bob, I want to take you through a segment we like to call scenarios. Sure. So you mentioned the 18-year-old self. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like you were in real estate at the time at 18? Yep. Or in business at least, right? Started real estate when I was 18. Wow. Mm -hmm. So what I want you to picture is the 18-year-old Bob, right? Mm -hmm. Someone hands 18-year-old Bob a piece of paper and says, I want you to write on this sheet the most imaginable, limitless career ever. Would what that 18-year-old version of yourself wrote on that piece of paper even live up to your current reality of legacy? And if that doesn't make sense, I can re-explain it. <laughs> I know that's a weird question, but it's like the number one question I wanted to know is that at Wait, a young repeat age- Repeat the question again. So basically, Bob, at, at a young age, just getting introduced to real estate, mm -hmm. 18 years old, could you even thought of a career as big as the reality that you currently live in? Okay, when I was 18, um, I got in real estate, great builder. He gave me the first opportunity. And um, ironically, by the way, I listed a house. My, the, the first house I ever sold was 3790 Plum Spring Lane and 3782 invited me over to list their house. So I've, I'm in this house listing. I said, brings back so many mem memories because 46 years ago, I sold my first house. 45,000 houses ago was that house right next door. And they were blown away. Is that, that's great. A little side story. <laughs> anyway, um, so when I was 18, I got into real estate selling new homes. I didn't know what I was doing. I sat, I sat the model home, which I don't like that term, but that's what I did because I really didn't have any coaching. So I was there. I, I sold some floodplain lots for this builder. I really didn't have any direction. So number two point is get a coach. I've got two and a half coaches. Okay? 
three coaches. Hmm. I've got three. Get co people that you respect and admire. If you can't afford a coach, get somebody else to go in partners with you. Get a coach. I didn't have a coach, so I floundered. And I um, was thinking about getting out of real estate. In fact, I was. Uh, I interviewed with Xerox. I heard that good training. I was being a copier salesperson. I had 13 interviews over a nine-month period of time. And finally, the day they hired me, I got the dream job of my life in Pasadena, Maryland. If you ever heard of Elizabeth's Landing? I sold that entire community. I worked for a very wealthy Jewish man who changed my life. He hired me at 22 years old and wow. said, I don't think you can do this job. But the guy that brought you in has 100% confidence in you, so I'm going to give you 30 days. The prior salesperson didn't sell anything for three months, so I had 30 days. So when you're 30 days by yourself, I had tapes I was listening to on how to, you know, how to be a better salesperson. And all I did, point number four, is I went through all the prospect cards in the recipe box that came in over the last 12 months. I called every single person and enthusiastically said, you need to come in. This is a huge opportunity. It's a waterfront community. Uh, it'll change your life and sold five houses that month. So I went on to sell a thousand houses for that builder, changed my life. And then I started a new home sales company. And then we started a utility lien business, which you all in Anne County are very familiar with that, front foot benefits. But we won't talk about that right now. But that's, so one, chip, one decision, the same day I got the Xerox. If I had gotten hired by Xerox a month earlier, I'd be asking you all if you want to buy laser printers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so nothing wrong with Xerox, but that would not inspire me as much as real estate does. And that's a great story just because I, I've heard you say the quote many times, real estate is a contact sport, right? So you just played law of averages in that scenario, right? Um, I'm, I'm a big sports enthusiast. I wanted to play pro baseball, went to Florida to, for college for a semester, and they didn't think I was as good as I did, so I didn't make it. So I said, I came back and I got into real estate. Real estate is nothing for me but a game. It's a way for me to be competitive. I am the most competitive person I know on the planet. Highly competitive. And this business you have to be. So real estate has been my game. And when it stops being fun, that's when I'm going to get out of it. <laughs> now, I, I, for 20 years, owned two minor league baseball teams with Cal Ripken. My son got drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. But I didn't become a pro baseball player or even play college baseball. But as soon as I realized I wasn't going to make it, I said, I'm going to get into another game. And I pursued real estate. But wow. didn't have a coach. So that's where I floundered a little bit. So be careful, you all, because the next superstar could be right here in this room. The next $50 million producer could be right here. But you might quit or give up on yourself because you didn't have direction or coaching. Or you didn't surround yourself with the right people. I, I'm very generous. You, my car's on the parking lot. You can take it for a while, ride if you want. <laughs> if you want to borrow my suit, you can borrow my suit. But don't take my time. I'm very selfish with my time and who I surround myself with and what I do. Be very guarded of your time. Wow, that's super impactful. Um, Bob, I have to know if, let's say University of Maryland reached out to you and said, we would love for you to develop a college course. Mm -hmm. What would that course be on? If you could teach you know, the students of America anything, what would it be? Well, first off, they're not going to ask me because um, in my high school, I, I, I endured all six years I was there. Um, and uh, I always tell my kids went to uh, Bucknell, Amherst, uh, Gettysburg. They have great. 
and I say I got a 4.0, they say it's great. I said I got a 2.1 my junior year, 1.9 my senior year. Just kidding. Um, I focused on sports and my girlfriend in high school, so I really didn't spend much time studying. Mm -hmm. Highly competitive, I played three sports. But um, I did well in college when I, I did go to college after I got my real estate license. Um, one of my passions is actually going back into the schools uh, and teaching kids. I went back into my middle school, which is wow. really a weird feeling if you all go back to your middle school. I went back to teach the eighth graders on real estate and career counseling. And that was really inspiring. And one of my um, goals is to go back into my high school. And I would love if they would ask me. I'm not going to ask them if I could be. But I would <laughs> love for them to ask me to. I would love to give the commencement speech at a graduation for, for seniors. That would be quite an honor at your own high school. And it would be about helping people, and for most importantly, for people to believe in themselves, not to run with the groups, not to go with, you know, you know, uh, you know just to go with people that, well, th my, this friend's doing technology, maybe I'll go in there. I always tell people, do l pursue your passion. What are you most passionate about? If you, I can't wait to get up in the morning and go, if you don't have that feeling to get up to go to work, you need to find something else. Mm -hmm. So I love what I do, and, and you should love what you do. And you've got to constantly be reinventing yourself. Now, one of the reasons I love what I do so much is because I only do what I love doing. Mm -hmm. I don't get into the weeds. You want to write this down. If you're in the busy work and you're not doing the most productive thing possible at every given moment, you're wasting your time. I'm very, it's very, I'm very simple and very clear on what I do. God bless you. Bless you. Um, before I get into that, I'll tell you, so, so if University of Maryland called me, uh, or my middle school or high school, I would love to go back and, and teach people about, I think my kids, I gave them their, one, one of the first books I gave them when they were 10 years old, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends, Influence yeah. People. I'm a graduate of the course, I've read the book four or five times. That should be taught in schools. It's basic fundamentals. Um, so I think they should be teaching business schools, finance in, for people in, in schools, and how to get along with people. This is all powerful stuff, and, and it's really basic. Um, and most importantly, I would, would like to encourage and teach kids how to be, how to believe in themselves, and that they can do it. That yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a 2.0 high school student. I I didn't go to any fancy schools. My kids did, but I didn't. Um, but if you have passion, determination, grit, you surround yourselves with the right people. You have integrity. You can do anything you want. And I've only touched the surface of what I want to accomplish. Wow. I was in a meeting with Gary and Rick. We're going to be in a meeting next week with Gary. But I was in a private meeting with Gary with about five people, and he laid out. He said, you guys think too small. And, <laughs> and I said, and I'm thinking, I'm taking notes. I'm thinking, yep, okay. So we have a, right now, maybe we have maybe about 300 agents in our organization worldwide. He said, you should be, he drew it up here, you should have 10 to 15,000 agents by this time, growing your business. He says, you need to think bigger. By the way, one of the best books I ever read when I was 18 or 19, I got into Amway when I was 18. I still, wow. take, I still take the vitamins. That was one of the best things I ever did because it surrounded myself with positive people, books, tapes, seminars, and then it, 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 I just, it, it indoctrinated me into being, um, uh, and your interpersonal skills and setting goals. So I read this book by Dr. David Schwartz, uh, The Magic of Thinking Big. Dream big, think big, think big about yourself. So Gary said, you're not thinking big enough. He said, this is where you should need to be. 
the goal should be 10 to 50. So when I say I have 308, I'm like, wow, I got a long way to go. So what do we do to, to attract that number of people? Now this is point number eight for you all. To make people want to come be with you, whether it's a seller, a buyer, or a team member, I'm trying to recruit some of the top teams in the world. And before I was bottom fishing, meaning nice people, but I was thinking too small. Now I'm thinking, I love your shirts, think, I'm thinking big and bigger. Wow. But I have to try, I have to make my value proposition so strong that people will want to join our world. Why would somebody want to join you, Mark Simone? You've got a lot of, uh, you've got a lot of value proposition. You've got a great office up there. So why would people want to join you? You're going to need to make, we need to make ourselves bit better if we want people to join us. So we've created, I won't go into it right now, but we've created, I believe, the best compensation program for any team partner in the world. That's and we just rolled it out to our team and they're blown away. Blown away. And it's, it has revenue share in it. You know, everybody's talking about all these other companies who have revenue share. Well, we have revenue share. Hmm. So anyway, create incredible value proposition so people will come to you like a magnet. That's super interesting, especially with all the expansion, you know, madness, the wild, wild west right now with everything that's going on from a brokerage standpoint to some of these platforms out there. It's amazing to see what you're doing inside of the space. Well, there's a lot of good people out there and I'll never say anything bad about anybody. In fact, I learned from a lot of them. I'm, I'm not too, uh, too, I'm always growing. There's a great term, alive and growing or dead and dying. And uh, I'm always learning and taking notes. There's my pad right there. Um, there's a lot of good expansion teams out there. What I try to do, I learn, and I learned this when I was 18 from Ruth McGowan, an old la older lady in the business. She said, Bob, look at all the realtors in the business and look at them like a grocery store. You want to try to get one, th get one thing out of, off, out of every person and make yourself better. I'm like, that's really good. So I try to learn from different people and then make ourselves better. I'll share this, uh, little one of my close friends is Rick Willis. One of, he used to be one of the nation's top trainers and partners trainers and salespeople. He got on a plane, and he, how many of you know Evander Holyfield? Come on, you guys, fighters. You're one of the greatest boxers of all time, right? Holyfield. Holyfield, Holyfield, Holyfield. is a community. Holyfield, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. I, there's a Holyfield community, I know, so I keep saying, Evander Holyfield. He went up, and he's got his entourage around these big guys. They go, no autographs. He says, I don't want his autograph. He says, I want to ask him one question. He says, you got 30 seconds, what's your question? For the next 45 minutes, Rick sat right next to him and Evander Holyfield said to him, what makes me the greatest fighter on the planet is I don't worry about everybody else. Sure, I know that Mike Tyson has an uppercut and will bite my ear every now and then. Um, <laughs> that's a true story, ladies um, and gentlemen. <laughs> if you um, look at the history books. I know that this fighter throws an incredible hook, but what I do is I work out to make this body the best body that it can be. And I study how I can be better. How many of you are studying every day on how you can be better? I wasn't, I, we've been the nation's, the, or Keller Williams, the number one luxury agent in the world for the last six years. Well, that's great, but I don't feel like it's really that good. So what did I do? I hired the, the world's top luxury guy, Ryan Serhan, to coach me on how to be better. Wow. I want to go to the next level. I'm not happy or content being average. Average or, or even good. The enemy of, of great is good. I don't want to be good. I want to be the best. And I challenge myself to get to that level and I encourage you to do the same.
That was absolute madness, Bob. Thank you so much for that, that knowledge drop right there. Um, I want to go right into Truth or Trends, which is our last segment. Sure. I got three, uh, three of them for you. Just Is this a universal truth or is it something trendy in the market right now? So first up, we got internal ISA divisions. I like your shirt. <laughs> internal ISA divisions. Do you think that is a truth or a trend because maybe agents don't like to follow up and lead generate? Well, I made the biggest mistake in my re resale career, that's starting 2009. Um, spoke with Lance Loken, great guy out of Texas, his family, uh, Karina, and they, were, they had all these ISAs, and I'm like, why would he have an ISA? I'll just give it a lead. I'm not my agents follow up on it. That's foolish to do that. I didn't understand what the ISA concept was really about. So my biggest mistake, I would say, that I've made since 2009 would be, we went from 250 million to 850 million and did not have one ISA. Big mistake. Sounds good, but it was a huge mistake. If I had ISAs, I'd be sitting here talking about two and three billion dollars of sales. Mm -hmm. I made, that was my biggest mistake. So we floundered three years ago. We hired one or two. We didn't have any direction and it was, it was not good. So finally, we found, the, we believe, the top ISA in the world, they are the number one in the world for Redfin, he uh, leads our program. Wow. And we just brought on five ISAs this week, five more, let two go last week. Um, we have an excellent compensation where you make six digits as an ISA with us. So we are actively pursuing ISAs. We'll have 13 by the end of next week, and we should have had them sooner. Wow. So I want to be up to 20 to 30 by the end of the year. I say that's a huge opportunity. And it's not just following up, it's about the nurtures. We're mm -hmm. nurturing leads to get them ready to go on the market. So many missed opportunities. We blew, we blew so much money. Biggest mistake was the ISA not doing that properly. Wow. So learn from other people's mistakes and their pluses. I'm, I don't sit here and brag about all the stuff we've done. I mean, I'll share with you the mistakes so that you don't, you know, make the same mistake. You, you always want to talk to the guy that walked across the minefield who made it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a little curveball for you. So Netflix, Hulu, just binge watching in, in general. Is that like a trend or is it good for people maybe to escape sometimes? I think whatever you, your passion is and whatever you, you um, do to be comfortable and relaxed, you should, you should do it. Um, everybody's got to find their own. Um, I love exercise. I want to, I read, I like to read more. Um, I never watch T we have a rule in our family, even when our kids were younger, we never watch TV when it's light out. Mm. <laughs> never watch TV when it's light out. So, um, sure. We like movies on, on Netflix and relax, but you gotta, that's, you know, it's scheduled time. If not, you can let your whole life be about Netflix. You, mm -hmm. You're watching somebody else achieve their goals yep. while you're not achieving yours. Wow. Yeah. So I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Okay. Um, you, if you find a lot of people watching a lot of shows, then maybe they're not that happy and they need some direction. But I heard that somebody told me, says, why watch somebody else achieve their goals? Why don't you watch, have them watch you achieve your goals? Mm -hmm. So if I watch too much, if I watch something too, I'm like, wait a minute, am I, should I not be here? Should I be doing something else? <laughs> you know, you got that, I'm Catholic too, you got that guilt all the time. <laughs> should, yeah. should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? <laughs> all right, Bob, uh, last truth or trend um, and last question of the show. Again, appreciate you being on here. Sure. 
the law of attraction. Is that a universal truth or just a catchy Instagram bio? I think it's, I think it, I think it's uh, absolutely an accurate statement. And I think that who you have surround yourself with, what you believe in, what you think every day, whatever your morning ritual is, uh, I read, I have certain quotes. If you saw, I read it every day and I've been reading it since, um, well, one I dated. 1986. I read, I read the same quotes every single morning. So I think whoever you, whoever you surround yourself with and what your goals and dreams are, you will attract. Um, Brian Tracy has a great quote. Um, I'll um, second. I'm gonna mix up my quotes here with Zig Ziglar. Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, no, that's not it. Um, there's a great one. Um, so, um, self-fulfilling, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy, Brian Tracy. Um, if you believe in something and you take the corrective action, to it, just because I believe in something isn't going to make it happen. But if you take the action to get there and you believe in it and you're inspired and you have it as a goal and you've got the vision in front of you, I think there's a darn good chance you're, you're going to get there. So what is on your vision board? What is on your goals? What have you laid out for yourself? And I would encourage you to think bigger, think bigger, and you can do it. I never thought when I was 25, my goal was to be a millionaire when I was 30. I laid it out, laid out the plan, I was a millionaire by the time I was 30. What is your goals? How do you want to lay out your financial plan? But they've got to be realistic. If you say, well, I want to own two Bentleys and two office buildings at the end of the year, and my income right now is 40000 that's not realistic. <laughs> so have realistic goals, reward yourself uh, appropriately, um, and, and uh, that's why I say celebrate. If you want to go out and watch Netflix, do it. If you want to buy yourself a nice car, go ahead and do it. Reward yourself. Actually, I kind of like it when some of our team members get a new car and they, they I said, great, now you got to sell more houses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that I uh, love to do is help people become millionaires and help them with investment properties and how, how to buy rental properties for themselves. And if we had more time, I would tell you a secret of how to buy these rental properties and how a, a makeup artist showed me one of the greatest um, techniques for creating wealth. She was doing my makeup when I was doing a commercial with Cal Ripken. And I said, you should buy some real estate. She said, well, my husband, he's a painter. We already own some. I said, awesome. How many? She says, 15. I'm like, what? <laughs> Tell me what you do. I said, well, we, we bought the first one, we put a 15-year loan, and the second year we bought one, put a 15-year loan, and we did that till we got to 15. We stopped at 15. On the 16th year, the 15th one was paid off, and was, we bought a 300, it was now worth 600. We didn't sell it, because we paid taxes on it. So what we did is we refinanced it and pulled out $450,000 of cash tax-free. Then on the 17th year, we did it on the second one. He says, we'll keep doing that for the rest of our life. It's the most simple plan I've ever seen. You gotta be disciplined by one a, one a year. By the way, I've been surrounded by millionaires and billionaires all my career. And learning from those people has been amazing. And it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Mm. And um, so buying a rental property. So I, I teach people how to do that. I buy shopping centers and apartments myself. And 
this business creates so many opportunities I never knew. You know what front foot benefits are, utility liens? Yeah. Accidentally, I got in that business 24 years ago. We're now the largest owners of liens in Maryland, all because I was in the real estate business and in an environment where somebody said, would you like to buy my liens? And we bought them. So if any of you all know anybody has utility liens, we'll bring you in as a partner. You don't have to put any money up. To builders or developers, if you know anybody that has liens, we'll partner with you. Put up all the money and sign all the notes. That's a whole other story. <laughs> anybody have any questions? I'd be delighted to ask, answer any quick questions. Any questions for Bob? Mrs. Holyfield. Which Thank you. <laughs> yes, I've got an uppercut for you. Um, What's your first name? Julie. I'm jumping Julie. Jumping Julie. Um, you said get a coach. You have three, three mm -hmm. and a half coaches. You said you were floundering. How, give, give, tell me more. Um, we didn't hire a business coach in Keller Williams. Um, we have one of the top coaches. He only coaches five people. He coaches some of the top teams. And I'm honored he's coaching us. He's got a lens on your business and other companies throughout the world. Having somebody look, I've read this book. And by the way, leaders are readers. Read more. Mm -hmm. Gary, we, I'm meeting him next week. He says, here's three books you got to read. Luckily, I've already read, read one, so I only have to read two. <laughs> um, so, you just, you just asked me a question. What, I'm, I'm, uh, what was the question? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. So, Sajag is my, is, is my coach, and he, he's look, oh, Michael Gerber. Matter of looking, working on your business or working in your business, and you want he's helping us work on the business. So now I have the right people in place. I didn't have the right people in place when we were growing so rapidly. Good people, but I had wrong people in place and leadership. Now we have an amazing leadership team. We have all the pieces in place. Wish I could go back and make all, correct all the mistakes I made, but can't do that. So that was that was one of the biggest mistakes. What was the other question? Just, I just wanted to know more about, you said we were floundering, so I just wanted to know. Yeah, we were floundering. Uh, read the book, Profit First. Uh, Profit First, I remember being in a meeting with Cody Gibson. He says, Bob, why don't you take money off the table? Because we keep investing back in and we keep investing back in. So that's a great book on Profit First, on paying yourself first and focusing on the bottom line. Because we have other businesses, so we would just put whatever money we needed to just to grow and put money there and that's not really a good way to do it. You got to manage your finances and manage. So we were going to these expansion teams and put all this money into these teams. We're like, wait a minute, that's not a good thing to do. We're more committed than these people. So we make sure that our partners are as committed as we are. Yes, Miss Sol. So um, my name is Charlene. Hi Charlene. Nice to meet you. Um, in my brokerage, I'm not sure about it in anyone else's brokerage, we are hearing this trend of a shift. I know we're all hearing about this shift. Mm -hmm. Five, with your teams, your expansion teams, and of course you're across the nation now. Mm -hmm. Is the shift, is the shift affecting you? And if, yeah. if it's not, why is it not? If the shift is affecting you, how are you using this shift to grow your business or to make it more powerful with your expansions? Um, by the way, I'm not, I'm not uh, immune to uh, any market changes. What you are feeling and what makes me more relevant than a lot of other expansionists in the world is I'm in the trenches with you every day. I did four open houses this past weekend. Personally sold five houses over th uh, $3.5 million worth and picked up several listings and gave out over 20 leads to my team. Um, so I feel what's going on. Yes, there's a shift, but you, you have to embrace it and welcome it. 
there's huge opportunities. If the market stayed where it was, it wasn't good. Well, it's too inflationary too. But huge opportunities in every market. So yes, there's a shift and you, there's always shift in marketplace. I mean, Gary wrote the book Shift, but it's, markets are shifting every day. But right now they're shifting in a big way. I saw when rates went from 10 to 18%. You think it's bad now going from three and a half to five and a half? Uh, you try that. Okay, cool. We're still good if you want to okay. keep ripping, but it's Go up ahead. to you. So um, I'm, I'm good. This actually, I like the the feedback. So um, so the shift is there. Embrace it. But you need to be reading more about this as expert. Let me ask you all something. You all expect to earn a huge income, right? Yes. yes. Right, everybody in the back. Have you earned the right to earn a large income? When you go to a doctor. My son just graduated, he's a lawyer, and I'm so proud of him. What they study and they do, I mean, I, I don't really care for lawyers, but um, <laughs> I really don't, but when he studied, he got some of the highest scores in the nation, they bust their rear end. But that's why they can charge the fees they do. How have you earned the right? Have you perfected your skill? What are you reading, learning? Have, how good have you gotten? Do you role play your scripts? Do you role play, uh, if you knock on a door for an expired, what are you gonna say? Um, you should know there's a shift, Charlene, um, and I care about you, so I'm going to be b uh, blunt with you. You should know that there's a shift in what's going on in the marketplace. What's the, Gary said this on a call last week. What's the number one thing, indicator that the market is slowing down? What's the number one indicator? Good, good, but no. Showings. Showings. Showings are 78% of what they were last year. I'm in the trenches, I can tell you the open houses are down from last year, the activity and what we have. So you need to know this when you go on a listing that you are the expert, Charlie, and people know that they can count on you because you're gonna give them stats and you're gonna give them facts, okay? The market is shifting and embrace it. Mark. On that note, I've heard you speak a lot about team growing the team business, but specifically about understanding the market and understanding the data. How much uh, do you have somebody on your team or how much are you spending your own time in terms of actually studying the market, not just speaking anecdotally about what's going on in the market, but to be able to speak to stats like you just mentioned about showings being down, you know, they're 78% of what they were. Like. I, I like to say that I research that I don't do any of that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so it bores me. I like it. So I, how do you I, get it? I read a lot. I, I read a lot. Uh, those stats, our marketing team actually pulls all the stats. We have a sheet and uh, email me and I'll send you one that we do every week so that they can have those to give to their clients. Showings, listings, everything compared to last year. Uh, days on market, average sales price, everything. You come with facts, you're the expert. So our team pulls it, number one. Number two, um, because we're in 49 or 50 cities, we have a good pulse of what's going on in the marketplace and what people are saying and, and doing. So it gives us and then me personally being in the trenches and getting offers and seeing it. Now we're getting people with home inspections are coming back, appraisals are coming back. You ever hear an appraisal? Okay. Um, all that's coming back. Um, so, yes. Bobby, I'm Dominique. Hi, Dominique. I cannot catch that. Eric, I got it. Here you go, Bob, you said earlier, working on your business and in your business. Yeah. Can you tell us the difference between? Because sure. I believe a lot of us agents don't know the difference sure. between the two. Great question, dummy. Read the book, Michael Gerber. 
My, he's got a couple of books. He's he's he, and he's great. The tapes he had. I used to listen to tapes all the time. I'm dating myself. He um, he's incredible. Michael Burb. He he's a business coach and talks about working. Now working on your business is um, having a coach or having a senior management team. We are looking at, for example, lead generation. Believe it or not, we did eight hundred and fifty million dollars. I'm embarrassed to say this. I get a somebody call me going down the road, or I, I get a lead. I'd call and say, Tara, I got this lead. Call Joe. Here's the number. Thanks. Goodbye. That's it. Huge mistake. One, are you following up on it? What are you doing with that lead? Do we have on a drip campaign? What are we doing to with that lead? Now every lead is tracked and measured. So we have a team that's working on every lead is measured. So they work on our business. I don't do that. Um, they work on that. Working in your business would be, um, like actually working in your business, what I do, I do open houses, I'm not going to expire. That's working in my business. And that's okay to do that, but that, because that's a productive thing for me. Working on your business is what can you do to grow your business exponentially? What is your marketing plan? What communities are you going to farm? How are you going to grow uh, your database? That's working on your business. Working in your business would be for you to waste your time. Like if none of my people on our team ever create a brochure or do anything mm -hmm. like that or stage it in their houses, we take care of all of that or take pictures of houses. They don't do any of that. That's working in your business. Working on your business is contacting your database and getting more listings. We want our, Go for it. We want our team. This is when I was 18, they took the first seminar with Tom Hopkins and And we want you working in your business. We want you working on your business. If you're producing a brochure, or if you're taking pictures, or if you're, um, I, I've, I've seen people all day long. What are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm stuffing envelopes. That's working in your business. You work on your business. Hire somebody to do the stuffing, and you go out. When I was 18, I did a seminar. At the end of the day, somebody came up and said, Tom Hopkins, he said, you've wasted everybody's time. It cost me $29 to go to this seminar. There was 5,000 people there. The room was quiet. He says, you just wasted all of our time. He said, I apologize. Why? He said, because essentially for eight hours, you really could have summed this up in 10 minutes. He says, what do you mean? He said, Tom, the way to be a multimillionaire and the way to achieve success is this. That's the key to success. Now, Dominic, do you know what that is? Two dots and two... Some, no. Snake eyes. Tara? Snake eyes. Jared? Bob, I couldn't tell you. If I leave you, if, I'll, hopefully I'll leave you with a lot of thoughts today, but if I leave you with one with profound <laughs> statement that will change your life and make you a very wealthy individual, those are belly buttons. The key to success is how many people you go belly to belly with face to face every day. The reason I'm more successful than a lot of people maybe in this room is not because I'm better than you. I go belly to belly face to face with more people than you will any day.
So on your business is me and in your business is someone else. On your business is working on minute details that you can delegate to everybody else. Working on your business would be something that somebody else can't do for you because of your unique skills. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe the belly to belly analogy. I mean, this is, this is, this is phenomenal. That'll, that'll leave, if you leave today with that in your mind, that has been uh, one of my keys to success. That's how I gauge my success. If you're, if you're lacking income right now, if you look at your checkbook, it's not what you want it to be. Look at one thing. How many people did you meet face to face? Now don't say, oh, I sent some texts. I left some voicemails. That's nice, but that's not gonna cut it. Belly to belly, face to face, make a difference. Let me share something with you. Now, you say, Bob, did you knock on a door? Yeah, you know why? I knocked on this one door in a nice community recently. came to the door and, I, and it was expired and, and I almost didn't go. Why? Because I almost prejudged, which don't mm -hmm. do. Don't. It was a very strong um, Chinese name and it was a Chinese agent that used to have it and I'm assuming that maybe they wouldn't want to use me because maybe they would like to use somebody that maybe from mm -hmm. their culture. Don't do that. Okay? I, I thought maybe they didn't want me. Don't do that. That's, don't put yourself down and don't minimize yourself. I said, I'm going to go. She said, she, my nicest lady, she goes, hi. I said, hi. <laughs> that's, all she could, that's all she could say. She said, I don't, couldn't speak English. I'm like, okay, Bob, tell you, tell you what, I know somebody Chinese. I said, Saturday, one o'clock, one o'clock, Saturday. She said, okay. I came back Saturday with my interpreter. I didn't know, I'm not very technical. I could have had Google Translate. <laughs> she had Google Translate and she had her sister there who spoke English. So we discussed what was going on and my, my person who spoke Chinese there was there. I got the listing and gross commission for the listing was $30,000. I almost sold myself out because I thought they wouldn't want me. How many times do you do that to yourself where you say, they wouldn't want me, I'm not that good. I'm not Bob Lucido, or I'm not George McDowell, or I'm not, guys, you can do anything that I do. Don't, don't, don't downplay yourself. If you're enthusiastic, passionate, you meet them at the front door, and you're enthusiastic, they, they'll go with you. You have the opportunity. They love the enthusiasm, especially people that have failed. Expired have failed. Mm. Fizbos are the cheapest people on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta talk to, you gotta talk to them mostly about money. Expires, they just failed. Yes, Tommy. Really quick, stay right there. Knock on the door and give us a script of what you would say for an expired. Okay, people ask me all the time, and I'll, first off, I'll say, you do what's most comfortable for you. Okay. And, um, and, and, and first off, um, I'm going to knock on the door. I don't go when it's dark. I did that once, and there was dogs coming around the corner. Mm -hmm. Luckily, the owner got there before the dogs got to me. Don't go <laughs> when it's dark. I always go um, normally uh, when it's daylight after five, so I know they're home. But right now during COVID, a lot of times they're home during the day. So um, so it depends on the, on the person. Now I knock and then I back up. I don't like to knock and be right in their face. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like that. Nobody likes Not that. that much belly to belly, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. So knock and uh, Dominic, hi. hi, I'm Bob Lucido. And you got a beautiful home. I noticed that it just came off the market. I'm sorry your last realtor was not successful. I sell a lot of houses in this area. In fact, I have a guaranteed sales program. If I don't sell your house, 
I'll buy it for cash at a price acceptable to you. I'd love to talk to you about what we can do for you. Now come in and take a look. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 you to buy it? So um, you have to, you're going to practice this stuff. That's why I'm saying, have you earned the right for high income? Do you practice this stuff? You know, my, you know, your doctor practices a lot of stuff. Um, you know, I just had something removed here. I went to a plastic surgeon. Like, I want to know what's your credentials and what do you do? What do you practice? You want somebody like who hasn't practiced in a while doing something on your face? I'm like, no. You don't want to go to a realtor that hasn't practiced and isn't learning and isn't doing their best. So I just, I make, I actually make fun of the, uh, I, have, I have fun with this process. Hey, I know she were successful. Our team, we saw a lot of houses in this area. We own this area. We know every street here. I know I can sell your house and get you the money you want. Um, or I'll buy it. I do. I buy it for cash. Now you can't say that because you may not have a guaranteed sales program. You could say, you know something, I'll sell your house in 30 days at a price acceptable to you, or I'll sell for no commission, or I'll reduce my commission $10,000. Put your money where your mouth is. Put a guarantee out there. They're called MOFRs, make an offer for immediate response. Yeah. I was doing guaranteed sale before a lot of people were doing guaranteed sale. I was doing them in 2010, but then we stopped doing it because the market was so good. Now it's coming back a little bit. So guaranteed sale is a whole other program, but essentially, um, if you have buyers right now say, I can't buy, I'm not buying a house to, I'm not selling my house to buy something, but you're contingent, nobody wants you. Tell you what, I'll guarantee your house sale. Go buy that other house and put me down as the buyer. Mm -hmm. I don't get it, it's too complicated yeah. right now. Yeah. But essentially, you want to make them an offer at the front door. It's not a long-winded conversation. You got to hit them right, hey, I'm sorry you failed, I'll sell your house, or I'll reduce my commission, or I'll buy it for cash. We own this neighborhood. Or you say, I, why do you think your house didn't sell? Mm -hmm. My agent didn't follow up. My, you know, it'll start bad-mouthing the agent. Well, whatever they tell you, you're going to sell into that vision and say, you know something? Your agent didn't follow up. I'm going to follow up with you after every showing. So what I try to do is not do much selling here. I want to get in the house and the kitchen table and sit down. Mm -hmm. It's really just an icebreaker in the yep. beginning. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. We have time for one more or you got to go? Yes, sir. So you, you've, kind of been, you've kind of been touching on it as far as, I mean, a lot of what you're saying are like your value propositions. Yep. You know, when you're, you're going to a listing appointment and, you know, you might have got a certain percent on your last listing, but you you're might be working with somebody who might be more knowledgeable or might look at the numbers and say, well, we we don't want to pay you that much um we think you should be here how are you how are you um yeah how are you overcoming those objectives um and providing the value i love this question what's your name trevor 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 okay trevor i love this question first off most important thing about your question is did you do lead gen and get the appointment did you are you prospecting enough to get appointments because what i tell you will make no difference if you don't get appointments i'm an appointment machine show me your calendar i'll show you how much money you're going to make okay so first off are you doing lead gen because if you're not what i'm going to tell you won't make any difference because you're not going to have any appointments anyway <laughs> so do lead gen prepare yourself prepare to go on the, the appointment I run into the same questions you all do about value, about commissions and so forth and 
the commission game and Redfin and this, that, okay? So we're, no one's immune to that. So you wanna, you wanna make sure that when you're with a client, you never discuss commission, never, never, to the very last detail, very last question. I tour the house, I sit down, I do value proposition markets, I do incredible market comps. This is what we're gonna do for you, show them brochures. I listed one last night for 750,000. Um, and uh, I have brochures of houses I sold this weekend. I called the guy that I just sold the house for two days later for, he got 185,000 over list price. I said, Chris, you got a minute? I'm with a customer and he's thinking about considering us. Would you just tell him, are you happy? Make sure you know the answer. <laughs> he said, my wife and I have two children. She's expecting to win. Bob delivered on everything and more. We are blown away. So they went on to bragging and stuff. I didn't have to do anything else. He did it. Commission was not a dis discussion. Other times it was a dis it is a discussion. So I do a couple things. One, don't ever walk out of a listing appointment unless you get it signed. Don't ever walk. I'll stay the night. <laughs> if you leave, my ratio is I'm, it's about 90, 95% of my listings. First time. Below 50 if I don't get it, first time. So um, I will sell my soul to get it the first time because <laughs> if I leave, I'm getting most likely nothing. I play the odds. So I didn't get it recently, and I bought countertops. So I said, why don't we do this? And I, they signed with me. You gotta find out their pain points, what makes sense for them. So I said, we're gonna be interviewing other realtors, and I gotta cut the grass, I gotta landscape, I gotta paint this. I'm like, this is a $900,000 house, so I figure the commission's gonna be about $25,000. So I go, you gotta paint that, and you gotta do the grass and the landscape. I'm doing my, my mental math, I'm like, mm, it's about six grand. Tell you what, how would you like to not do that? They go, what do you mean? I'm like, sign right here and I'll take care of it. We'll get all done right now. I'll, I'll pay for it and get my guys here. Now be careful doing that. What I do is I put in there, if you fire me, you owe me the money back or I'll credit it off my commission. Be careful to protect yourself. I've really never eaten anything yet. So take, find their pain points. So I had to give up some commission. Uh, I'll take 19,000 rather than nothing. I'm not gonna gamble they're gonna call me back for 25. I want 19 as a guarantee. So when I get into the commission dispute, get it down to the commission and I go, Trevor, do you think that we'll do a great job for you? And I always say, you know something, when you hire a lawyer or brain surgeon or you care about, you care about your, Sean, you, you, uh, you have a family? How many in your family? Um, well, just me and my husband right now, but my family family six brothers, uh, brother, siblings. Okay. So if you, if somebody here um, have children? Yeah. Okay. You have children? Yeah. Children. Okay, you love your children. Yeah. So I'm interviewing with you, Sharita. Sharita, you have your son, what's your son's name? Isaiah. Isaiah. <laughs> you love Isaiah. Yeah. If something were to happen to Isaiah, he wasn't feeling well, would you go to a discount doctor? No. Would you cheapen that? Would you look for the best? Yes. If your real estate is your best ass, biggest investment, why would you cheapen that? <coughs> why would you go to a discount? So you gotta get them thinking. Say, look, I'm not gonna cost you anything. What I do better than anybody is I'm gonna get you the highest return. So what's more important to you, Trevor? A low commission or a better return? 
better net. What would you rather have? More money. Okay, let me show you how I'm gonna do that. And then I try to go for the, high, the normal commission that I would charge and I won't get into rates because don't discuss rates publicly. That's uh, antitrust and you'll get in trouble. But I'll say, um, I'm gonna get you a higher net. They say, great, you're fine. If they say, I'm really not sure. I'll say, look, if I don't get you over 800,000 or more, then I'll sell, I'll do it for the commission you want. But if I get 800,000 or more, I want my rate. If I get you over 825, I want even higher. That doesn't work too well. <laughs> okay, but have some fun with it. But don't leave until you get it signed. And if I have to, if I have to come down much lower on a listing, I'll do it. I'm not leaving. I had You're people the, the other night go, Bob, we're going to think about it. I'm like, great. When I walk outside, you two think about it a little bit. <laughs> it's 9 o'clock at night. I'm dead tired. I don't want to stay, but I'm like, I don't want to come back either. And I don't want to lose this. So I walked outside. They go, come on in. Actually, this was the first time I've ever done that, and they didn't sign. Mm. Everybody else goes, yeah, well, we've decided to go with you. I'm like, oh, okay. But this time, actually, they didn't. Okay. Um, so did that answer your question? Yeah, thank value, you, pro value proposition. If, you, if somebody calls you, what's your rates? If you give it over the phone, you're, you're done. Don't ever do that. They don't know who you are. You're just a commodity. But they've got to see how nice of a guy you are and how passionate you are about getting the, the job done. You are the best. This is what you're selling is you. you. From the time I pull up to my cars, waxed and, and parked out front, everything, they're judging you on everything because they're comparing you to anybody else. You want to make an impression. Charlene, it's up One to you. More. It's up to you. I have to ask this follow-up question after he asked that. Um, I have to ask this because I, I get this when I get some, some people who are listing, um, who are concerned about uh, our professional fee-for-service and who are concerned about the other big box Realty, realty companies who are doing the lower professional fee for service. Um, nice and they words, will. Nice yeah. words. Professional mm -hmm. fee for services. Mm -hmm. Yes. Don't ever call it, you know, there's negative words. A commission is a negative word. Now, I have on my sheet that I give to people, um, I, I call it my compensation structure. I like your professional fee for services. I like that. I'm going to yes. change one. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah, you learned something. <laughs> so, um, I've gotten on the phone, or I've gotten the first thing when you walk in the door, we want to talk about commission. And of course, there's a polite way to say that we're not going to talk about that right now. I'm not the most polite person. Um, so I feel like I fumble when we come to that, because I'm like, oh, no, we'll talk about that later. And then they press it. So what is it, a, a, what's a suggestion from you to be a, to, to make, have a direct way of saying we're not going to talk about this right okay, now, we'll talk about this later? I get that, too. Uh, just tell me the commission. Charlene, that's a great question. Thank you for answering, asking that. I'm gonna go over that with you and I'm gonna go over it with you in detail. Let's take a quick tour of the house and we'll see what it looks like first. Then we'll sit down and we'll go over the compensation program, okay? Perfect, I love it. Just mm -hmm. go. And then they go, all right, then, then she just sit down and we'll go over comps, what's the rate? I'm like, that's all they care about. <laughs> you just want to hit him over the head. <laughs> it's like, you want to hit him over the head. Like, so anyway, cool. I hope you found this helpful. Yeah. Let's give it up to Bob Lucido. Thank you so much, Bob. Thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for the, your questions. And I'll end with this. You can do whatever you want. My, my biggest concern when I address people, gr groups like this, you're wonderful, you're here, you're learning, is that who's really going to take action? Because none of this means anything unless you take action.
So whatever you learn here from me or from Jared and the group, that's important. But it doesn't mean a daggone thing if you don't have an action plan moving forward. What are you gonna do? Have an accountability partner after this meeting. That's free. And hold them accountable. And if you really, if you, Sharita, really like Carlina, you will, you will not let her slip. What are you committed to doing, Carlina? What actions are you doing? When she tells you, you've got to hold her responsible for it. And actually get upset with her if she doesn't do it because she, made, she asked you to hold her accountable. You can do whatever you want. I'm no better than anybody in this room. I've just failed more than you all. I'm, more de I'm very determined. I'll get up. I'll fail. I'll keep learning. Um, if you all can have that kind of determination, you can have whatever success you want. Surround yourself with great people, and I'm glad I was here. Thank you, Bob. Yeah.